0: I'm Ayelet Marinovich, your host. Okay, I have something really important to share with you that can't even wait until the end of my introduction. Strength in Words has been nominated for the podcast awards in the best kids and family category. It's so easy to vote, and I hope that you all will. They have a little bit of a funny system, which is that after you go to www.podcastawards.com and cast your vote, you must verify your email address for that vote to count. Also, you can vote every day until June 12th. So I'll be reminding you again next week to please vote again and to tell everyone you know. Thanks in advance. I'm honored to be nominated and this nomination and a win especially would increase the audience of strength and words to so many more families. I know most of you have told me that you feel this podcast provides a good deal of value to you and your family. This means so much to me and would really enable us to broaden our reach. Alright, welcome back to Strength in Words, a family enrichment program for parents, caregivers, and infants and toddlers of all developmental levels. Each week we get together to sing a few songs, discuss some ideas for play, and outline some insight about early development. This series is time for you to be together and to feel like you're doing something good for and with your baby, small child, or multiple young children. Please follow your child's lead. I am a speech and language pathologist, and I specialize in work with very young children, but this is not to be confused with speech therapy. This is what I call family enrichment. All suggested activities are meant to be enjoyed by your baby under close adult supervision. For a more complete story of Strength in Words, please listen to my introduction episode or visit my website, strengthinwords.com. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here today. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here. We can start by saying hello to the people who are with us. Hello to a yell it, hello to the singers, hello. Hello, 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 hello. Hello to the babies, hello. To the toddlers, hello. Hello? Hello. Hello to the children, hello. To the grown-ups, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello to your friends, hello. To my friends, hello. Hello, hello. don't know your name, I'll help you sing the song and you can fill it in. Ready? Hello to your child's name. Hello to your name. Hello. 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 Hello, everybody. Hello. Everybody. Hello. 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 Let's say hello to each toy or each piece of the toy in front of us. Hello to the yellow Play-Doh. Hello to the red Play-Doh. Hello, 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 hello. Hello to the cookie cutter. Hello to the tray. Hello, hello, hello. One last time. Hello everybody, hello everybody. It's nice to see you here today. Hello everybody, hello everybody. It's nice to see you here. We've spoken a lot in the past about the fact that infants and toddlers are imitative. They imitate our facial expressions, the sounds we make, the gestures we use, and the movements we make. And they do this in order to learn more about the people and world around them, or to solve a problem that they're trying to sort out. When trying a new skill, we know that infants and toddlers are more likely to imitate acts they see us doing when those tasks are of moderate difficulty. Research suggests that young children actually analyze the level of difficulty of a task before they even attempt to imitate us. This relates to what is known in the field of psychology as the zone of proximal development, or the distance between what a child already knows to that which is completely unknown. Within this zone are activities that interest our young children and which can be done with guidance and encouragement. When given the appropriate level of assistance, we, the grown-ups, can slowly offer less and less assistance until the child can perform the task independently. This is really important to keep in mind during interactive play moments we spend with our little ones. What we want to do is provide just the right amount of support. I like to call it channeling our inner Goldilocks. Not too much, not too little, but trying to find that sweet spot of helping to foster independence and learning while feeling loved, supported, and secure that makes our little ones feel just right because they are paying attention, perhaps more so than we are, to have difficult. It is for them to do something that we're asking them to do. Obviously, infants and toddlers, just like anybody else, are also going to base their participation on a particular activity on whether or not they actually find it interesting at that particular moment. So, When I find the right moment, I like to use puzzles as an example of an activity we might use with our children to start channeling Goldilocks. Puzzles can be used in traditional and non-traditional ways. We think of them as having one specific function, but as you know, I like to encourage you to think outside the box here at Strength in Words. I have two ideas for you today, one primarily for infants and one primarily for toddlers. The first, for infants, requires a peg puzzle, the kind that you pull out the pieces with a wooden or plastic peg and then insert them back according to the shape. This is a great puzzle for a child who is starting to match and classify, but what about for our littler ones? Can't they enjoy a toy like this too when appropriately supervised? Maybe not in the traditional sense, but listen to what happens if I place a photograph or a picture from a magazine under each puzzle piece. We have a puzzle that looks like a house with three shapes. I see a triangle, a circle, and a rectangle. Here's the roof. It's shaped like a red triangle. I'll bet there's something hiding underneath it. Do you see the triangle over here? Do you see the triangle over here? If you see the triangle lifted up, my dear, let's see what's underneath. Peek-a-boo! So this one is a triangle. Here it is. I'm going to lift it up. Do you want to help me? No? Okay, I'll do it myself. Ooh, here we go. Yay, I did it! And look, somebody was under the triangle. Who's that? A baby. Looks like a happy baby. Maybe the baby lives inside that house. Which one should we try next? Oh, I see you going for the circle. You see the circle over here. You see the circle over here. You see the circle and you lift it up, my dear. Let's see what's underneath. Peek-a-boo. I like how you're trying to lift it up. I'll let you try it one more time. Yeah, that's right. Give it another good try. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, I like how you looked at me to tell me you needed help. Help me! Okay, I'm going to lift it just a little bit so you can get it. Hey, that worked well. You did it. Oh, wow. And look who's under the circle. Another baby. Oh, this baby is eating. Yum. I guess this baby lives in the house, too. She's eating her lunch. You can see here that I modeled the task, did my best to pique my little one's interest by showing her what I did and how fun it was, as well as involving her as much as possible and then gave her a chance to participate on her own. When it was too hard, I offered her a little help. When she couldn't ask for help, I read her eye contact as a clear request and provided a verbal model of the words, help me, so she knew exactly what she might say, and although You couldn't see it. I also provided the sign for help, giving her yet another way she might express her needs. I praised her efforts, not just her success, letting her know that I am there for her and that I respect her will and her work. Let's do another activity, this time using a DIY puzzle in a more traditional sense, more for toddlers maybe, which in this case requires a higher level of problem solving and more advanced cognitive development. I've taken a few pictures of faces from photographs, but you can use pictures from magazines or an internet search as well, and cut them vertically into a few sections. One I cut into two sections, one into three sections, one into four sections with jagged or curved edges versus straight lines. Let's put the faces together. Which piece goes where? Oh, there are so many. Oh, you sound frustrated. There are a lot of pieces. I think there are too many. Let's organize them a little bit. I see a woman with blonde hair, with blonde hair. I see another woman with blonde hair, with blonde hair. Let's pe- put these women over there, over there, and look back over here. What else do we see over here? Oh, what's in this picture? An eye, that's right. And it looks to me like a brown eye. Do we see any other pictures of brown eyes? Oh. Still too many pictures to choose from, you think? Okay, let's take some away. Okay, I see a man with a hat, with a hat. I see part of that hat, look at that, look at that. Let's put this man and hat over there, just like that. Let's go back to the eye, look at that. Okay, now there are only three pictures. Phew, I can concentrate much better too. Okay, so. We found one brown eye. What's next to my eye on my face? Do you see my nose? It's right here. Do you see a nose down there? Yeah, that's the one. Where does that go? Hmm, do you think it might fit next to the eye? Yeah, look at that, and wow, you found the other side of the face. Nice work. Who do you see here? (laughs) Yeah, Daddy, he has such a goofy grin on his face. What a happy guy. So again, what did I do here? We realized that there were too many pieces. Too many pieces to discriminate sometimes makes it difficult to distinguish any particular features. So we made a musical game out of removing some of them. And I took charge of that, knowing already which ones I could get rid of. I gave my little one opportunities to communicate with me that something was too hard and respected that communication, whether it was verbalized to me, signed, or pointed out. I made it simpler when he was frustrated and then guided him through the activity for as long as he was interested. Then we put the picture together, we got to talk about what was happening in the picture, who it was, what the person felt, etc. In these activities, we want to focus on providing the least amount of prompting possible while still ensuring that our little one is engaged. That's sometimes a very fine art and you won't always succeed perfectly. But the point is that you're both learning a little bit every day. I do want to warn against guiding the activity too much. There's a time and place for this kind of activity and a time and place for completely free exploratory play. When you pay attention, your child will likely tell you whether this moment is an appropriate one for specific games by showing interest or by turning away, complaining, pushing the items away, etc. Okay, let's take a moment to sing one of my favorite classic lullabies. (sighs) Ah. Sleep, my love, and peace, attend thee all through the night. Long and sweet dreams I will send thee. keeping all through the night. Because I could never remember all the words I often just hum the song in its entirety. Let's do it now. back to our inner Goldilocks. We already mentioned that infants and toddlers are more likely to imitate or or attempt new skills when they consider a task to be of moderate difficulty. Research also suggests that toddlers in the 12 to 18 month age range also imitate based on what they think adults intend to do. In other words, they're already starting to infer what we're trying to do and why we're trying to do it. For instance, we push a button in order to turn on a light. That's pretty substantial. This is a tiny human who's likely just learning how to stand on their own two feet, and she's already making social inferences about what our intentions are, starting to understand pretty abstract notions of cause and effect, and anticipating our actions. Another reminder, never to underestimate what's going on in those powerful little brains. So when you're performing household tasks, caregiving routines, or playing with your baby, narrate your actions and tell her your intentions. For instance, shake, shake, whoosh, the sheet goes over the bed. Now we'll finish making the bed. And if your little one appears intrigued by what you're doing or with the way you're playing, say she watches your movements as you build a tower of blocks or as you pour water from a cup into a bowl, Offer her a turn while thinking about how to make the task slightly easier or slightly more difficult. If you see or hear your baby imitate something you did or said, try to do it again, varying it slightly. This may help your baby to keep interested in what you're doing and will provide another similar task to imitate and learn from. Assuming she's physically able, your baby will imitate you when she is able and interested. Until then, try to model new ways of doing things without placing the expectation for her to do them the same way and without completely doing them for her by thinking about ways to simplify or reproduce parts of tasks to encourage her to participate. Thanks for being here, see you later, what will you do the rest of your day? Goodbye to the babies Goodbye to the toddlers Goodbye bigger kids Goodbye all the siblings Goodbye to the grown-ups Goodbye to the singers Goodbye Ayelet Goodbye to this music We laughed and we played We're getting very clever This is what counts Being here together Thanks so much, everyone. For a text version of the developmental thought of the week or instructions to make and ideas for how to use your very own DIY creative puzzle games, you can head over to my website, strengthinwords.com. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher as well as straight from my website. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review on any and all of those forums. And please don't forget to vote for us in the kids and family category on podcastawards.com before June 12th, 2016. If you feel inclined to support what we're doing here at Strength in Words, you can do so by visiting my website and clicking on the link to either make a one-time donation or by becoming a patron of Strength in Words on Patreon. I'll be here again next week.